What's up, y'all? This is Joel, host of That Reload Podcast. Are you guys tired of having scratchy, dry, uncomfortable shirts that the graphics fall off in no time? Me too, guys. Don't you want to have something that's buttery smooth and good quality that you can put on your skin? Well, my friends, I'm about to help y'all out because if you head over to SinButter.com right now, you can check out the entire line of Sin Butter apparel. They have the coolest shirts, coolest graphics, and some pretty sweet hats as well. You also can check out the brand new Patriot collection that they just dropped for 2021. So my friends, if you want to look like a Patriot and a badass, head over to SinButter.com right now and check out the best things that you can get. Oh, that butter is body. Yeah, you know, a, a lot of pasta, a lot of pizza. Things are fr- the French are known for. Yeah. Well, you, they need to they need to sack up and my favorite some Bloody Mary. My favorite French restaurant is this little joint called Fazoli's. You guys ever tried that? Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, that's, that's, some, great, that's, some, great that's some good bread. French food. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of That Reload Podcast. I'm your host, Joel. Sitting across from me is our resident chef, Jeremy, Kitchen White Law. Meh. Next to him is our pit master and producer, Mr. Matt Farr. Levels, levels. And last but not least, sweet and sassy, sometimes salty, Miss Stacy. Hey, guys. There you go. So we got a great episode that we are going to rock today. We're talking butter and all things butter. Speaking of butter and things that are salty, I am the resident cook, not the resident chef. <laughs> do it again. Do it again. Seriously? No, no. I just want to screw with you a little bit about it. I just want to screw with you. I'm not. I'll call you what I want, bitch. Ah! Gotcha. <laughs> so, all right. So we're going to be talking about uh, butter on this episode. And when we came up with this idea to talk about butter, um, I've actually got pretty excited about it because, you know, it's been around for well, how long? Hundreds and thousands of years. But it's, uh, I think, Jeremy, you're going to break that down a while. here in a minute. But it's, sure. uh, it makes everything better. Well, I felt like it was pertinent topic right now because, you know, it's the new year, new me, new you, new whatever. Um, but a lot of people are doing keto. Is that sarcasm? Which, no, <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. But a lot of people are doing keto, uh, butter used in that. Um, a lot of people are doing carnivore, and butter is allowed in that as well. So, um, And then if you're on the barbecue diet, Butter is allowed on that. I think butter should be allowed on everything all the time. Like, I don't know why you would ever cut butter out of your diet. Do you have a reason for that? I mean, it's high in cholesterol and fats and stuff like that. Saturated fat. Yeah, I'm sure there's health reasons. You could probably ask Paula Dean all about that. <laughs> yeah. Paula Dean! But, you know, that's a sacrifice I'm willing to take. That's right. Because butter is amazing. So we're going to dive deep yeah. into that. But what have you guys been up to? I know, Jeremy, you've been doing carnivore. How's that going? Still doing the carnivore. Uh, as of today, I am down a dozen pounds, Dang. so down twelve uh, in seventeen days. So not too bad. Um, and yeah, uh, I did some uh, some fun cooks yesterday. Uh, we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, involved a compound butter, so that was a real lift to the spirits of what the boring normal carnivore diet is. And then this week, I also discovered uh, pork rinds, uh, which are fantastic. Um, I am a big snacker. I love to have a snack in the evening, and I haven't been on this diet. But now that I found pork rinds, uh, have a little, an ounce or two of pork rinds, nothing crazy, but uh, that's really uh, really helped me mentally. 
easily get over uh, the boringness of this diet. What do you mean found pork rinds? I knew I could have them, but I was like, eh, I don't really like them. And so I never messed okay. with them. And then I was like, I, I need to have something. So I went to Kroger. I bought every brand they have and had a little taste <laughs> test and uh, ate a bunch of different ones. And uh, it was great, you know? Some chicharrons. That actually was going to be my next question was, um, what flavors have you tried? So um, I had... Um, to backtrack on that a little bit, I made some uh, bacon the other day for lunch. Uh, I had, it was tender belly habanero dry rub bacon, uh, uncured, really good stuff. Wasn't that spicy, uh, tasted great. Uh, had a little kick at the end to it. Uh, you know, full on carnivore, great bacon. Um, it did not do so well on the, on the back end though. It was quite painful, uh, an hour later. Um, <laughs> yeah. I had to get some of the milk soaked wipes, um, yep. as we've talked about in the past. So, um, I've been careful <laughs> about what flavors I get with the chicharrones. Um, a lot of them are like spicy flavors. And so I've really just been doing like the original or like the salt and pepper ones. I got, you. I can only imagine after you told us last week that you had uh, blown up your toilet from all of the, uh, just as the river runs through it, as you said, <laughs> I can yep. only imagine compounding that along with super spicy. That had to have been a miserable experience. And like, it didn't even cross my mind because when I was eating it, it's like, okay, there's a little bit of heat here. It's like very on the back end. And so I was like, okay, like no big deal, yeah. whatever. But when you eat like something like, like I can eat like some lean meat or something and I don't have to go to the bathroom. But like, if you eat something really fatty, you're probably going to go to the bathroom within the next hour or so. Cause it kind of just moves through you. Um, and I think that's going to stay consistent throughout the, uh, throughout the rest of the diet, even though my, uh, my schedule is a lot more, um, on schedule now, you know, like it was, you know, with a regular diet, but yeah, it just, it hit. And I was like, what the hell is going on guys? Um, <laughs> Prepare for liftoff. Yeah. I was like, it, it was bad. And I didn't realize it until afterwards. And I was like, Oh my, Oh my God, this is not good. You're really selling this diet, Jeremy. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll tell you like, you know, I've never really been a pork Ryan fan. Um, but my friend mm -hmm. had me try some and she gets them. You might be able to get them on Amazon, but they're dill pickle flavored pork rinds. And I'm telling you, they're amazing. Okay. They're so good. Yeah. And then any of the ones that I've had that were like Buffalo flavored, which mm -hmm. I know that's a little bit on the spicier side, but it's not like tender belly habanero. You know what I would go with? Yeah. It's good with pork rinds, canned oysters or smoked vainas. Mm. I, I thought you were going to say uh, some of Matt's famous pimento beer cheese. Oh, that's the best. That oh, that's true. That, that would have been, been a good one. I, I think the, the last time I've had a pork rind is when we made that for like Egg Fest. That's like the last time I've had one. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah we're calling for some uh, pack and heat pimento beer cheese soon because I miss it for sure. I'm not having Egg mm. Fest this past year. I love. Because mm -hmm. that's a staple. I love pork rinds. You know, so. Yeah, th that crunchy crunchy bite the best pork rinds i've ever had are there's this little there's a, a guy who sets up in the parking lot of our local flea market oh my and god and there's no way that it's like under any sort of health inspection jurisdiction or yeah, anything like that those are the places you've got to go because they've always got the best stuff i think it's like pork rinds and boiled peanuts oh wow I've yeah never had, it's I've the never good had, stuff i've never had homemade pork rinds oh my gosh only the bag stuff man mm. now like You're a week ago a week or I think I talked about it last week. I had the Haltman Family Meats bacon with the rind still attached to it. Yeah. And so that's kind of what got me thinking about pork rinds. I was like, that bacon was so good. Like, I want to try, you know, just grabbing some from the store. Well, well, I've got some good news. What? Taco Bell's bringing back potatoes, guys. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> oh. Fiesta. Oh, 
Mashed up potatoes. <laughs> but are they bringing back the Mexican pizza? Because that's what we all there miss. There you go. The there only thing go. that I saw was the potatoes, which the Fiesta potatoes are so good. When we were dating, she would, uh, that was like her favorite little snack. When we were like be driving, driving around, she wanted to stop in and get Fiesta potatoes with a shit ton of sour cream all over it. And yeah. she's like, you have to try this. And I'm like, mm, that's not very good. <laughs> They're so good. Let's it's, all rejoice. But that's to each their own. I mean, like, hell, I, I like to eat soft processed meat out of a can. <laughs> Dog food, basically. I think they had a potato burrito that was okay, if yeah. I'm remembering correctly. Mm-hmm. I honestly didn't know the potatoes ever left the menu, though. So it's kind of like the McRib. I didn't realize it was gone until it's back. Yeah. Mm. Well, so actually, I want to segue into this, uh, since we're talking about processed pork. Um, we had, we, my, um, sister was over the other night with my nephew and we pulled out some pork chops and that had been sitting in the freezer for quite a long time. Um, so anyways, we thawed them out. Stacy smoked them, seasoned them up. And I had one, um, do you all remember Did that? Did you guys try the Wampler's pork that we gave you? Yeah. That, yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think I still ever got it. I think you guys still have mine. And we ate it. We may have ate it. So, <laughs> I don't know. It might still be in there. So, yeah. well, what we're getting to is you're not really missing out. Well, no. I mean, so like when he gave me a tenderloin um, and then those pork chops, okay? And yeah. so I tried, when we first got it, I tried it and it was just like butter. It was so good. But then Stacy tried it later and she, and because it, it's full of- Do you ama- remind me telling you how I cooked it and it tasted like fish a little bit? Yeah, because of, yeah, it's like the Omega. It's got all the, like, yeah. How do they do that? Is it like a genetically engineered pig or? No, they feed it. What's the deal? They're feeding oh, okay. it all okay. the Omegas. So, got it. Um, but anyway, because pig, pigs will eat anything. But, yeah. um, mm. dude, I'm telling you, this tasted like the, fr- like, you know, the smell of the bay at, at the beach? Mm-hmm. Like salty, mm-hmm. salty that's ocean. It, that's like, what it tasted like. Just a salt, like a salty toilet. Like yes. a, yeah, and, yes. and like salty ocean almost sounds like refreshing and crisp. Like this was like salty but stagnant. Like mm-hmm. th- there's nothing wrong with the pork at all, but just it is not my favorite flavor uh, for like a pork chop. We actually didn't finish it. But I like want you really, uh, take a fish oil supplement and then yes. just burp fish. Yes. It's that flavor, kind of, just, just yeah. slightly. Uh, speaking of pork chops, I had a company uh, send me out a box of meat recently, uh, Bravo Steaks out of North Carolina. Have you guys heard of them? Yeah, I, I have so. heard of them. Uh, but not, no. uh, most of what they sent me was like pork products and stuff, uh, some dry aged like ground beef and like pork products. But their uh, their pork is all Berkshire heritage breed, ethically raised pork. And I mean, like the the fat on the pork chop just like melts in your mouth like butter. It's, it's some of the most fantastic pork chops we've ever had. We had like a roast and some pork chops also, and they were absolutely incredible. Like if you ever see at your local butcher shop, like a Berkshire heritage breed pig, uh, uh, pork from that pig, it's going to be just, I mean, just, just so much better than what you're normally getting from the store. I want to try that. That's some pristine pig. I know my parents love Mm -hmm. the, um, bone in chops from Halterman, which I've never tried those yet. Um, they love I haven't those. had their chops, but I have had Berkshire, um, uh, like a heritage breed from Willie's, our local butcher shop. I've gotten it there before. He has some there. And same thing, I've gotten a pork butt from him is what I got from him. And I mean, the fat is just like white as snow, beautiful. I mean, this meat, I mean, like it, 
it's like the Wagyu of pork is like what this stuff is, you know? Yeah. How does so the, good. how's the price compare to like what you might just pick up from Kroger whenever they're running butts, 99 cents a piece or 99 cents oh, a pound rather. Yeah. I mean, so the average, but I mean, you're going to be like one ninety nine or something on sale for 99 or something like that. Um, I mean, you're probably looking at like $6 a pound on like a pork butt and probably more on like a chop and stuff. But like, it's like when you like when you taste the difference like when i first got into like smoking meats and stuff like the pork butt was something i focused on heavily and um one time i was like you know what i'm gonna go out and buy like a really really nice pork butt and and, and see if there's a difference you know maybe it's all the same and i, I was just blown away uh mm. by the difference huh mm-hmm. i want to try that, that yeah it, that's one- check, check check your local don't you have a local butcher shop you go to matt i do yeah i'll see if yeah. they've got them that's one yes, thing I haven't them. done. I've not tried <laughs> high-end pork. I don't ever think, you know, I don't remember when I'm buying pork products. I don't ever think to get high-end pork meat. Well, like, we should have a whole episode on just pork and stuff. Because, I mean, like, you can go to, like, Iberico. Like, there's, like, name brands of all sort of stuff. Just like you have in Wagyu, like, Kobe and stuff like that. We need to um, do that. It's a, it's a whole thing. We need to do that series, and then we need to get that whole damn pig and... Like we've talked about for over a year. Whole hog. Yeah. That'd be a lot. Of I, fun. uh, I was talking to one of my brothers yesterday and he, and he actually knows a guy might be able to hook me up with a pig. So I, I might try and get a small one to do like on my primo, just do like a little, like 24 inch pig to start with, just to try it out yeah. and then move on to something bigger, you know, piglet? It's so hard, you're like- going to, you're going to cook piglet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Smaller, the better. <laughs> let's go. I'll, um, let's get the inf- I- infants out of the womb. So, so that, that habanero bacon, I posted it this morning and, uh, someone tagged Peppa Pig in it. (laughs) (laughs) That's sad. That's awesome. No, a lot of these, um, episodes we want to do like the Wagyu, the pork, you know, um, our pizza, these are ones that we need to, you know, at times are tough right now. We can't get together and that's the ones that we Mm -hmm. really need to be together for our beef cheeks, stuff like that. So, uh, looking forward to that soon. So. Uh, speaking of tough times, you know, where we are kind of in a limbo-esque um, time in our country. Where tomorrow's Inauguration Day. Tomorrow's Inauguration. Oh, it is. No, is it? It's the 20th, I thought. Well, we tomorrow air. Tomorrow when this comes out. Sorry. All right. Anyways. Wow. so <laughs> Way to roll with it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we are, you know, in a tough time. There's a lot of the rumor mills going around, you know, scare tactics, things like that. Martial and, law. You know, Things that we don't, you know, it's been, it's 2020 was such a hell of a year. You want to go, that's freaking crazy, but then is it crazy? So you don't, you don't know what you can't really second guess anything anymore. You know, and I've said on the show that I would rather be look stupid being prepared than to look stupid, not being prepared. And Stacy comes home from work the other night and crawls in bed and goes, I went a little crazy. And I'm thinking like, crazy about what yeah he like pops up thinking like mentally crazy and then i realize if i tell him this in the middle of the night you know how he gets like overprotective and like his wheels start spinning if i tell him what i did he's not going to go to bed the rest of the night And this was probably three in the morning by the time i got to bed so i thought you know what i'm going to do him a favor and i'm gonna say you know what honey we'll just talk about it tomorrow she shouldn't even brought it up she want to know worse i know but as soon as i said it is when i realized i was really well, jumping down a rabbit hole because then he would be like he would be like that guy that's like and holding I, a cigarette at the board, like <laughs> so, so the strings connecting yeah, all the, the right string. That would be Joel. So I was like, you know what, honey, we'll talk about it tomorrow. And he goes, well, what do you mean you went crazy? And I said, not. Me- I was like, not mentally. I just went on like on Amazon. I went on a little Amazon spree. And I go, okay. <laughs> that, like, I, I don't care. Then, what else is new? Yeah. So <laughs> now Stacy went uh, bonkers on prep. 
items on Amazon. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, we've had boxes coming in all freaking week. So it's like stuff that we've always talked about wanting to have, you know, just to be safe. And and for me, like I am a rationer, like I want to, I always want to feel prepared. It, it brings me peace and it brings me comfort. I can sleep better at night knowing that my family is safe and has everything that they need. Uh, you know, whether it comes comes with vitamins and like medicines through the pandemic or, you know, if something were to happen and we need to protect ourselves having those things. So, um, one thing that we never really focused on was a go bag with stuff that we would potentially need if we had to leave. Now we have no intention of leaving our home, you know, but that would be last chance type thing if we had to, but you know, mm-hmm. I got, you know, all the lightweight, um, you yeah, know, she- sleeping sacks and like the lightweight, like nine ounce, uh, pup tents and, she got the, 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 what are those things? The, the glow sticks, the she, USB, mm-hmm. the, uh, Solar waterproof chargers. lighters. And, uh, so when she did this, this got my, uh, so Joel's survival like, yeah. I'm like, like, let's go. I'm ready. We're buying shit. And, uh, I've got a, um, I got something that I'm going to be recommending on real recommends that comes with it. But outside of that, we, we're, we're going to be putting our go bags together. Yeah. I'm, I'm switching gears. Just re-roll. Oh, well, I was going to talk about like protein snacks. That's another thing oh, yeah. is like, you know, people, pack their, their meals, their 25 year meal supplies and stuff like that. And I thought, you know, like with kids, we don't have to pack disgusting stuff and that stuff we're not going to really pack in a bag to leave if, if for some reason we were to have to go on foot or something. So I got, um, little one, two ounce Jack link packets, like a case of them at, um, on Amazon and like fruit leather. We got, ca- uh, the little tuna fish and chicken packets, yep. which is all lightweight. Yeah. Um, cliff bars, stuff like that. So, um, Twinkies. That's what I should have got for Joel. Yeah. Honey buns or something like that. <laughs> Joel's going to starve on tuna fish. Cheetos and beef jerky. Yeah, that's what I should have done. And Vienna's. But. Yeah. yeah. We, we have some of those. Yeah. But that's we live high on the hog. He's like, man, this is great. Apocalypse. But between the Now, are you and the guys going to actually save this stuff for your go bags or are you just going to eat it all as so soon I, as it comes in again so like I you checked, did last time? Yeah, I checked all the... Uh, the um, expiration dates and it is all snacks that we eat at home like like I said the fruit leather and the jerky and cliff bars and stuff so I'm just going to have we're gonna set like little packs aside and then when it gets closer to expiration time we'll just throw them in our lunches and eat them yeah, so, so th- they will not go to waste it's not gonna, like food that we're gonna spend three hundred dollars on to sit in buckets and never eat we're gonna make little kits like little bags like where we're gonna have all the snacks in like a gallon ziploc bag where we can just mm-hmm. run and go throw it in and that way we're not leaving it in the bag and forgetting about it so if we do get to the point where we do need to eat it we'll just take it out of the bag but we're gonna have them in one spot so Mm -hmm. if for some reason we needed to grab it we could do so but these like little uh sleeping bags and emergency blankets and pup tents they're so light like the little sleeping bag um like generates heat or whatever but I i think it was like four ounces or something it's something light enough that we could throw in the kids bags if for some reason you know, just for they they can carry something themselves and feel important. But it was by this company. It's called Life Bivy and Life Tent, mm-hmm. uh, and they're super awesome. Just little tiny packs. So that's pretty cool. If anybody's into that, I would I would check check that out. Yeah, we. Uh, that's one of the things I told Julie. I think once you start having kids, your mentality around all that starts to shift a little bit, and mm-hmm. it's less like self-preservation and more in how am I going to make sure that my family is safe, yeah. you know? And so that was one of the things I told her too, especially after we talked to uh, the bottle breacher folks, when he was talking about, you know, preparing and stuff, I was like, this absolutely, this is something that we need to do too. And so I told Julie, 
like I have an Amazon wish list just of stuff that I eventually want to get and put in a go bag. So it's actually kind of cool to hear you talk about that. Mm-hmm. But we're focusing on a uh, house first. So like one of the things we just got was uh, I got a 7,500 watt generator because like you guys, so I've got jealous. a freezer full of meat, you know, and it's and continuing to hoard meat to some degree. But it's like if we were to lose power for a couple of days, that stuff could all start to spoil. So I want to make sure that we're prepared to keep that running for a while, at least keep like the freezers and some space heaters going if we were to lose power. So yeah, yeah that's you, cool. I, I like hearing that. Yeah. And you've got like a kid to, to keep warm if the power were to go out, but we had Absolutely. a life, we had a life straw, but we ended up buying three more so that each one of us could have one in our packs. Yeah. hundred percent. So I, I'm jealous of your generator, Matt. And I reason I haven't bit the bullet on a generator is because I have been bouncing back and forth with getting, spending a little more money and going solar um, mm. just for the freezers and refrigerator versus yep. the generator because I worry about fuel, um, you know, or whatnot. If it was longer than a week or something like that. Because those generators yep. on, a, on a tank of gas, they'll run, uh, depending on what you get, the entire day, yep. you know, on yep. one, it, on one little gallon, two-gallon tank. Uh, this one's got an 11-gallon tank on it, and Whoa. it's, uh, we can talk more about it. I don't know. You guys listen and let us know if this is a topic you guys are interested in and maybe we can do a deep dive, but it'll uh, automatically kick on when it senses that we've lost power and provide power to whatever we have hooked up to it. Uh, 11 gallons. And then uh, I've got two metal five gallon gas tanks uh, full with uh, like a fuel stabilizer in it so that it won't just sit there and lose octane over time. So theoretically, I've got two full gallons or tanks of gas ready to go. That's yeah, Plus my truck's got a 38 gallon tank. I could always siphon, siphon out if I had to. Yeah. It's just like, once you have kids, you that your, your mentality takes a switch and it's like you get into protective mode. And it's something that we've always talked about with the boys. Like we have a code word and we have, um, you know, a little plan. Like if we, we say stay in your bedrooms because something weird is going on, they know they need to listen to us. So the other day someone came to the door and that's a whole other story. It has to do with our internet and we're not going to go into that right now. <laughs> but I told the boys, I said, get into your room, go in, cause they were knocking on the door and I just wanted Sadie just to not be trying to bark at the door and scratch it. So I said, go put Sadie in your room and uh, shut the door. Well, I think they thought they saw a strange man at the door. I think they thought maybe something was going down. So talk to him. By the time I come back in the room, they're both standing at the top of our stairs, like right outside their room. With their Nerf guns. And they were like, if he were to try to do anything, geared out. Geared we out. we're ready. So it's we're going to hit him with Nerf guns. Yeah, yeah. And, and they love Home Alone. They Cat love those movies. Oh, yeah. They love the Home Alone movies. So they're always like, their gears are always like turning as to how they're going to handle those situations. But um, proud, proud dad. But boy. yeah, prepping, we could talk a long time on. It's something that we yeah. should revisit. 100%. I think a lot of prepping really too is just discussing like what you would do if something were to happen, like what car are you going to take? Like, so you have all those decisions made and you're not scrambling in the moment. Like yes. the point of having a go bag is, is like really just putting together a list of the things you would need. What do I need for a day? What do I need for three days? What do I need for five days? What do I need for a week? And mm-hmm. like kind of thinking those things out and like, where are you going to go when you leave your house? Cause like, you can't just sit out in your front yard. Like we got to go somewhere. Yep. It's just thinking through all of those things, you know, is a big part of prepping. Yeah, and something that we've started doing too, we used to let our cars ride around with the the gas light on for a couple of days, you know, and now we're like, we can't risk running out of gas anymore. So yes. we try to keep it above a half a tank at all times. Yeah. Same. That's, 
That's very, that's good advice. Yeah, right there. I don't very do good. that. Like, keep your car, <laughs> keep your car gassed up. That's for sure. So yeah. Cause if you have a, if you have to get out and you have a designated car and that car has an empty tank of gas, you know, or if yeah. it's chuck what full of baby do? items and moving items and you can't, <laughs> you can't fit the whole family in plus your items. <laughs> Just push yeah. it that would be a bad idea. I, uh, but, but how many cases of reload are you going to take when you bug out? Like how much of your bag is with reload? We need to vacuum seal some pouches. Well, we, we keep in the car at all times. Yeah. Case of each. So okay. We should be good. 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 You know, good. Okay. That's bartering tools. Bartering. You know, we go, to, we go to the colonies. <laughs> we'll say, some people have gold. You have reload. <laughs> we have the reload. You just eating that nasty that nasty shit for dinner. That's that right. rabbit would taste would sure taste better with some double action on I'm it. Not kidding though. Seriously, if there was a, a little, little apocalypse type thing, and somebody's been used to eating food with nothing on it, a little bit of flavor would be like gold. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll be walking on the banks of the river. Say, look at that catfish would. Taste good or whatever really? it is. They give me some ammo. River cats. All right. <laughs> We've gone way over our first segment. So let's take a break. And on the other side, we're going to dive deep into what we talked about in the beginning all things butter, baby. Thanks for sticking with us through the break. So something I couldn't help but notice that you guys glossed over. We we did the carnivore check-in, but something we didn't talk about was Dram January. You guys didn't ask anything about how that's going. Ah, so yeah. I just want to say it's going great for me, but I can't help but notice the lick lighters might have fallen off the bandwagon a little bit. I'm looking for some explanation. <gasps> we have. I have a little, we have fallen off a little bit. Yeah. You know, I haven't <laughs> been drinking bourbon the last few days. Like I just can't find myself to drink it so and what we've the heck's wrong other, with you i know i know <laughs> so before like you know i would do the tastings and stuff and i and i hope to get back into it but you know with some other things that have came up in family it's just kind of gotten to the bottom of the uh of the what priorities i guess you should say sure i mean we have we've had you know it's a lot of things on our minds but I still have been drinking bourbon every day so <laughs> just not posting about it <laughs> just not posting about it well that's because yeah. i'm the one that does the Yes. picture editing and sends it to him and says uh, here post this yep. <laughs> so yeah so it's on it, it is yep. on me yep it is on me the- guys i mean i can only do so much you know if, if my assistant over here is not doing her damn job <laughs> I mean, you're you're doing your job by drinking the I'm bourbon i'm pouring like- the damn bourbon and i'm drinking <laughs> yeah. it i'm going this tastes like this well, type that shit down <laughs> i don't know if you haven't noticed what i'm drinking today during the podcast is a bloody mary and you know i told joel beforehand i'm like i'm just the last few days I've been in the mood to have, have a drink, you know, so I'm not going to force myself to drink, but I am a lot more interesting during the podcast if I have a drink. So <laughs> Bloody Marys are one of my favorite things. Like I could drink them any time of day, like a meal, whatever. And I thought that'd be delicious. That's like a little, little lunch for me. So we so are drinking. What is it? Like walk us through how you made the Bloody Mary. Cause I'm curious. I don't actually even know okay. how to make one. So, you know, I usually like really, you know, I'm, really, really picky on my Bloody Mary, like the taste. I've gone to so many places and it's too peppery or too this or too bland or whatever. And this is so simple. Like it's as basic as can be, but it's literally the best Bloody Mary that I've had. So um, it's just ice and Tito's 
and the Bloody Mary mix Zing Zang. It's literally the best Bloody Mary mix you will get. And then Joel actually made this for me. He did a nice pack in, I'm sorry, a uh, double action rim. So kind of like the salt rim on a margarita, he did double action on the rim of my drink tank. And then he added a dash of pack and heat into the Bloody Mary mix, mixed it up. Now, I'll say that um, Bloody Mary that I like that I've made in the past, I was told Stacy today that I've never made a Bloody Mary, but I have. Uh, so there was a, a, a guy that I, one of my first sponsors I ever had, ever, uh, was a jerky company called Jerky Gold Marinade. And if you take his original, yeah, I know, yeah. Stank, stank face. But if you take his original uh, jerky marinade and tomato juice, pour that in there to your liking. It start, gives like a up. hickory flavor to hickory, it. Hickory, garlic, onion, a little Salty. bit of smoke. And then you wrap that with a rim and put a few dashes of Tabasco inside that. It is good. Mm, it's very good. That's my kind of bloody marinade. And then, of course, I garnished it with some pickled okra. So I've been munching on that as well. Yeah. We don't allow uh, vodka through the front door at my house. So I guess we'd have to try it with bourbon or tequila i don't know those are really the only spirits we keep here why, why not any vodka get that communist shit out of here yeah not that it's just <laughs> vodka is just flavorless uninteresting like it's it's you don't add it to a drink so that you can taste the vodka right no, no you, you add, add it, it to for the drink, alcohol to yeah so i have a delicious tomato based beverage mm. with the alcohol properties but I drink Tito's vodka and it is a nice clean flavor. And I will say if There's you're not using, if you're There's not a using difference. a quality vodka, it tastes like rubbing alcohol, but Tito's is fantastic. It is very good. Well, Matt, you want to keep a handle of vodka around that. Oh, and someone comes around who likes vodka. You're not wasting your good bourbon on them. Yeah. Like, uh, just you know. bottom shelf bourbon fills that same void. <laughs> I know, but still like, I wouldn't want to give them some of my old granddad or something like, you know, that, come on that old, that old charter would probably work for that. Or you could be like Joel for five gallons. Very old bar. <laughs> so like Joel who uh, <laughs> offers stag for, for, for junior. A, a 175. Look, Joel offers stag junior to a person that drinks Canadian mist. That's like eating something that's delicious right in front of someone and going, you can't have any. You, <laughs> know, you don't like, like it. You don't appreciate it. I mean, I would it's like, smack it out of your hand. <laughs> Into my mouth. <laughs> when he said no, I was like, thank you. Did you, Matt, hang on, I got it back. Did you really say making a Bloody Mary with tequila? Why not? Ugh. Or bourbon. Or bourbon, uh, yeah. I, no, it would I, I mean, the flavor. It would taint the flavor. Would it, though? Yeah, it would. You don't need, a you don't need, don't need it. It's not it. Like, let's make a... A bloody bourbon. Well, vodka is known for being flavorless. That's the kind of the whole point of using it in the Bloody Mary. Yeah. yeah. So it doesn't taint the flavor of the dish. Like, you know, put- but Joel, you, you, you like a very flavorful Bloody Mary. So it might just add more flavor to it for you. All I'm saying is usually if I'm drinking alcohol, it's because I want to taste the alcohol. I don't. I've well, just never really been a big fan of drinks that just mask the alcohol. It's like, so, what, like rage juice, like Powerade and vodka or whatever. I'm drinking a delicious tomato drink that I like for the drink of the tomato with the added properties of vodka so that make me more interesting during this podcast. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> so that is the so reason. I've, I've taken us way off the rails. What did we actually come to talk about today? Butter. butter. Right. Butter, baby. Brown yep. chicken butter, butter. So let's, I want to start off. I know, Jeremy, you were going to tell us the, the tales of history from the butter. So you want to, we want to roll into how butter started absolutely so we all know like where butter comes from right the cow milk 
Yeah, the, it's just milk. The cow. Uh, it's just milk with a higher uh, fat percentage. Uh, and when you look at like the string of how it becomes butter, it has to pass through a, a certain number of things, um, which you can find all this information online. But like your, um, let's see where we are here. Like your uh, your low fat milk is one to one point five percent butter fat. Um, whole milk is three to five percent, and then you get like half and half, ten to eighteen percent um, fat. And as you go up, uh, heavy whipping cream thirty five percent plus, and then. Uh, your sweet cream butter, 80 to 85%, and then clarified butter all the way up to 99%. And as you're churning these uh, yeah, this butter and getting it. a fire, higher and higher fat content, your byproduct of that is buttermilk, which we know makes the best biscuits out there. That's so right. uh, it's just really interesting how that one thing becomes so many things that we use in our kitchen, and also the byproduct of it becomes something else that we use in our kitchen. So how did people, does anybody freaking know how butter was I mean, I, I'm asking I don't know I should have done my research how butter was discovered I mean like mm, but somebody speculate did somebody like you know get frisky with a <laughs> I don't know a churn churning some butter you know and they probably just left it out too long and it separated and uh, so higher is, fat content and what where, does the churning do it works it and so um as the uh I would guess it would be the proteins uh, combined together to form a solid mass. And then it um, like, the, like the way kind of comes off of it, you know, cause I mean, milk is also how you make cheese, but that's a different process. You need to run it and everything uh, to, to, to chemically separate it and stuff, uh, which I, I imagine there are natural products that mirror the chemical products we use nowadays. And someone discovered that back in the day, leaving it setting out too long accidentally, you know, it's kind of like how they accidentally discovered soap, like most things, you know, we're like riding on, around on the side of a horse. Maybe, you know, that up and down action of the shaking. horse running could be shaking it up and who knows, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. That was a story with, you know, this, riding the meat under the saddle to tenderize, wasn't it? <laughs> saddle meat. Yeah, yeah, that was, uh, it was the, uh, the Huns, uh, Genghis Khan who did that, remember? Yeah, they, remember they just sit their sweaty asses on some meat and <laughs> tenderize that shit. Saddle meat, yeah. Ah, that sounds disgusting. So, everyone, when you think of churning butter, people think of the Amish, right? That's what I think of. Weird Al Yankovic. Colonial. Been spending most time. No, no. Anybody? Come on. Like the colonial, the colonial people with their aprons and their bonnets and churning butter. Yes. The bonnets. Mm -hmm. The Amish. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or or our our ancestors. I want to thank the Amish for for inventing butter. Well, something that I get at the Yoder's Amish store that's local here. Well, it's about an hour and a half from here. They're Amish butter. But I'm wondering what actually makes it Amish butter butter like what's the difference do you guys have any idea amish people <laughs> i was gonna say the amish it's called amish it, butter. I <laughs> well i mean i imagine they're using milk that they get from their own farms a higher quality of milk mm-hmm. um and then if they culture it or not if it's pasteurized or not there's there could be tons of variables in it you know mm-hmm. if it's salted or unsalted stuff like that we'll get some next time mm. um we go so there's salted and unsalted now for us we always pick up salted unless we're making a compound butter um or unless you know, a recipe calls for unsalted, but you white, know, white. when we ate, when white. we eat artichokes, we melt butter to dip the artichoke leaves in. And one time I used up some unsalted butter and served gross. it to Joel and he could tell the, di- he could tell the difference. Want that bland ass shit. Give me some salted butter. <laughs> He's like, so, so we only keep unsalted butter in our house because you can always add salted butter, but you can never take it away. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. We both. keep both. 
We keep yeah. so a lot of like baking calls for unsalted butter. Like mm-hmm. so that there's a predictable amount of salt and whatever it is that you're making. But yeah. like yeah. I think butter on toast, like we keep salted butter for that because I don't know. I, sometimes I just don't want that coarse, crispy salt in it. I just want the taste of salt. Yeah. yeah I don't salt. want to salt bay the toast. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, and, and that's why like to the, to the baking thing, uh, you don't know how much salt is in that butter. Different brands put different percentages of salt in their butter. And so it's hard to keep track of that and know how much you're actually putting into a recipe. And that's why most baking recipes use an unsalted butter. So you use unsalted when you're cooking like a steak? Yeah. yeah, and then I and then I and then I add salt to the pan if, if I want more salt in it. But like yeah. I salt my steak heavily, I don't need that extra salt in That's there. True. I'm using Magnum, and then I'm probably putting some flake salt on at the end. Um, but it's not necessary. I'm using it for the fat, not Dude. for the no, salt. Sorry, go ahead. Are you going to talk about that French bread thing? Yeah, yeah. So we cooked so up some some crusty French bread the other day and sliced it up and used like a spreadable butter on there, and then we took your. Uh, flaky smoked salt that you made us for Christmas, Jeremy. And we, mm-hmm. I know Matt, you were saying you really didn't want the crunchy coarse pieces of salt on your uh, bread and butter. Not all but the I'm time. Gonna, I'm going to tell you what, just a, a, a light sprinkle of that smoked salt on there. And like, I can't stop thinking about it. I'm not a bread and butter fan. Like I don't just sit there and eat bread and butter and I could have slammed it. Yeah. So yeah. good. So imagine that on like fresh sourdough that you made yourself. Oh, maybe one day. (laughs) 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 So we don't ever have spreadable butter. Are you talking about like country crock? No. So So, we usually eat Lando Lakes unless with our compound butters, we always get Kerrygold. But mm -hmm. for like when we're cooking or whatever, we use Lando Lakes and they make. So we get, we always have like stick butter in the fridge. And then we mm-hmm. always keep a tub of the Lando Lakes whipped butter for like spreadable stuff for the kids, like buttered toast or grilled Girl cheeses. Cheese. And we leave it in the cabinet. We don't refrigerate that. And it just spreads right on the butter fine. But then you can get the tubs of Lando Lakes that's spreadable butter. So it's smooth. It's not whipped like it's not airy, but it's smooth. And it just slides on your, instead of like cutting a pad of butter, slides on your knife nicely and we put it on the bread and it starts to melt with the warm, crusty bread. And then you put the flake salt on there. I think those spreadable butters have something added to them to help them not get so solid in the fridge. Is yeah. that right? Or is gonna, it just- no, no. I was going to ask that though. They get solid in the fridge. You, it's like, so like our, the whipped butter, we don't refrigerate it. We leave it out. We leave it in the, okay. in the if cabinet. We, if we put it in the fridge, it turns into, it just crumbles. So yeah. we leave we it just out. Leave a, we leave a stick of salted butter out on the like in a butter dish on the cabinet and we just use that to spread so i was gonna say um my mother-in-law got me something for christmas that i have not used yet but it's one of those butter keepers um shout out Susie for getting this um we're looking forward to using it just haven't done it yet but it's like a dish that inverts into another dish and so you put your butter into the into the top part it's like a dish and then you flip it upside down and put it into another dish that has like a quarter cup of water in it and the water seals it and keeps it like um from interacting with any elements because water you know um and then it just stays on your counter and it's to stay fresh for up to a month on your counter just at room temperature yeah so the whipped butter we you know we leave it in the cabinet and you know of course if we left it in the fridge it would last months or whatever but in the Mm -hmm. cabinet it lasts about four weeks and you know at that point after that it would start to grow mold but we use it fast enough between the kids wanting you know like i said toast and grilled cheese or whatever um but whenever we have people come over they like freak out that we leave it in the cabinet and that it's not refrigerated it's always like oh i gotta put it back in the fridge 
it's kind of like leaving your maple syrup like in the cabinet after you open it and stuff. Yeah, that's well, another story. We, when you're when you're using, uh, we, what's there? I forgot. The it's a, hey, guess what? Our fresh maple syrup that we cracked a couple weeks ago is now in the fridge. When you're using Aunt Jemima, they got enough <laughs> preservatives in there. You ain't got to worry about that, Jack. Yeah, what? but the are you supposed maple- to refrigerate maple syrup? According to, after you, according after you open Jeremy. it, I didn't know that. No, no. So you, Matt, you weren't there for this. This is when we had uh, uh, Brittany from Bob's on. We were cooking some stuff in the kitchen. I was like, "Where's your maple syrup?" They're like, and I'm looking through the fridge, and they're like, "It's in the pantry." And I was like, "It's supposed to be in the fridge." And, and everyone there is like, "No, no." <laughs> and of course, thing, they right? grab it, and it's like refrigerate after opening right <laughs> on the bottle. <laughs> now, I our, had like, no our, idea. Our Aunt Jemima yeah. or our Mrs. Butterworths, we keep in the fridge because it's got so much high fructose corn syrup and stuff like that, but. We cracked open our 100% maple um, maple syrup bottle the other day, a fresh one, and we and we're keeping mm-hmm. it in the fridge. And I'm not gonna tell you why. Oh God, that was gross. Okay, so, anyways. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Anyways, there was, butter. There was, there was chunks in it. So, <laughs> yeah, she started. We started. We tried to make a glaze, and she was pouring it out, and she's like, "There's something." There's like could- ghosts inside of it. <laughs> <laughs> your new one or your old one? No. The old one. Yeah, was this the uh, one that was in the cabinet that then moved to the refrigerator? No, the one that was in the cabinet went straight to the trash. Okay. Uh, yeah. No, we got we had a fresh. We had yeah, a backup. We, we, we just sieved all I'm that a out. I always you know? have a backup. All, all the mold that was in there, we just you know, all, yeah, out. just strain it out. Yeah. You'll yeah. be all right. You strained it. That's, that's good for you. Extra vitamins. Yeah. yeah. So, but anyways, um, the only time I usually buy unsalted is when we have plans to make like a, a butter glaze, a butter sauce, or a compound butter. Honey. I don't think I don't think we've said it yet, but uh, the purpose of salt and butter is just for flavoring. It doesn't actually do anything mm-hmm. compound differently. It's it just yeah. salt brings the flavor up in things. It's why you salt your meat. It's why you put salt on everything. It's just uh, a flavor enhancer. Well, before we get into that, why don't you just stick that okra stem in your lip like a piece of chew, and then you'll won't be sitting there gnawing on it the entire time. Would you like me to stick something else up you? No my foot. I don't want I, up your ass. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I, didn't I was know like, we were, where's this going? I, didn't know. <laughs> I was like, dick joke or... I'll meet you upstairs later. <laughs> I didn't know we were into pegging. So, uh, uh, let's uh, talk about compound butters now. So, compound butters. Mm. First, Matt, coincidentally, I'm pretty sure how when we first, you know, I discovered you online, um, it was that... That tomahawk. That tomahawk with that compound butter that you made. Yeah, whenever uh, you guys found me on Match.com. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, I was looking up <laughs> your profile pegging, picture. And uh, yeah, I just made that thing on a whim. So it's it's super easy. It's a Kerrygold, like a, you know, when you get Kerrygold, it's kind of like two sticks t- stuck together. So that whole thing just softened at room temp with like, uh, Stacy, I know you've asked me several times. I need the measurements for all this, but it's truly just measure it with your heart. Or yeah. as Jeremy would say. Measure that croissant with your heart. Exactly. So uh, a handful of like chopped Italian parsley, uh, fresh, of course. The the, the kicker is a, a bulb of roasted garlic. I think you have to roast it, softens it up and mellows out the flavor and makes it where it really blends into the butter nicely. A few dashes of Worcestershire sauce and then uh, fully loaded to your heart's content and then just blend it all up. I usually like uh, form it into a log and some wax paper or parchment paper. And then put the whole thing in the fridge so it can harden back up. And it's good on everything. That's what I did it on a to finish a steak, but you can use it on bread or or wherever you would normally use butter. It just takes that flavor to the next level. 
It's so good, you know, and the other day we got the the bright idea that we were going to recreate that, but we did it with Magnum. No. Oh. Um and it was phenomenal. It was really good. But too much salt. Yeah. So there's the salty properties of the Worcestershire. Did we use, did we use non-salted butter? Yeah, we used unsalted okay. Kerrygold. And I think the salt in the Worcestershire, and then, you know, Magnum does have a higher salt content than fully loaded. Mm. Um, it was a little salty for us. But I will say- How this, much Magnum did you use? I used a tablespoon. Oh, just one tablespoon for two sticks? Uh, yeah, so an eight ounce- block oh, of Kerrygold. Okay. I used a tablespoon yeah, yeah. of Magnum, um, but it was way wow. too salty. So I would huh. either cut that a little bit, maybe cut the Worcestershire or, um, I say cut the Worcestershire on that. Cause it was really coming through hard. It was, or it. don't salt your steak as much. So we salt and peppered our steak, just salt and pepper only. Um, if you were to do that, I would say maybe even just cut the salt on that. Um, I so made Matt's compound butter before we went down to Florida for Christmas and brought it down there with us and we put it on a bunch of stuff and I used two tablespoons of fully loaded for two sticks of butter and it was fantastic. Uh, great, not too salty, anything like that. Um, but I did just make a different one this past weekend or just a day before yesterday. It was one stick of butter with one, um, with one tablespoon of Magnum, and it was fantastic. Uh, so it was double the Magnum you were using. But no uh, Worcestershire, but I, right? I had a dash of Worcestershire. So this one, um, to, not to cut you guys off, but to th this recipe was just something I threw together for like a seafood thing. So it was um, one bulb of roasted garlic, kind of a small bulb, um, like about one stick of a um, of uh, of this French uh, cultured butter that was sent to me, and then um, one tablespoon of Magnum, half a jalapeno, uh, the zest of one lemon, half of one lemon juice, and then all of that mixed together. Dash of Worcestershire in there too, mixed together. Just like Matt was saying, rolled up in a log, hardened up in the fridge. Now, did you say you used lime? Yeah, so it was a jalapeno lime roasted garlic compound butter. Mm. And what I did was, is I uh, I did some uh, some some like grilled oysters on my uh, on my primo. I topped the oysters with that butter and some crumbled bacon, and then uh, roasted it and ate them up. So let me ask you this, guys. You know, there's you know there's gonna be people out there. They're gonna be like, why go through all that trouble? You're seasoning your steak with all this. Why are you gonna cover it up with some sort of flavorful, you know, uh, butter? Kind of like we were talking about Stacy's Bloody Mary. You know, you're you want to taste the alcohol, Matt. Uh, why are you gonna put it in something that's gonna cover all that up? So we're seasoning our steaks with you know something we think is delicious. Why are we gonna cover it up with this boisterous compound butter? So what do you guys think about people that might have that other side of the coin? I think if done correctly, the compound butter is is there to amplify and take the flavor of whatever you're putting it on to the next level. Okay. It's so. not to only taste the compound butter. It's to make the steak better. So we're talking about, if, you're not going to make a compound butter just to make a compound butter. You're going to make a compound butter and put it on something because it's going to pair well with that particular protein or whatever seasoning you're use, using. I'm like, not going to take something that's like a, and this is a really outside the box, but like a, I'm not going to make a sweet fruity butter or something and put it on something super, um, you know, 
Well, maybe that sounds pretty fucking good. I, I was going to say. I have made sweet butters before. You, you can mix maple syrup with a, with a butter, add some cinnamon or some sugar into that, and on put it on your French waffles toast. or pancakes or something. French toast. It's fantastic. Right. Yeah. Oh. Uh, to, to what Matt was saying, though, like butter absorbs flavors like really, really well because it's such a clean fat and stuff. So when you're adding that roasted garlic and everything, it's kind of like gestalt. It's greater than the sum of its parts. If you were to add each one of those things individually to a steak, it would be good. But if you let those things come together and marry in the fridge a day or two ahead, a time and then add it together it really is greater than just those things individually yeah so what we're using our compound butter for is like a finishing you know you've you've reverse seared your steak you've got an, a nice hard crust on there you know you've hot, hot and fast sear your steak's resting we put a pad or two of that cold uh, compound butter on there and you know when you mix that parsley through there or any type of herbs that you're going to put in your compound butter and it starts to melt as your steak is resting and those herbs just set on top of that really shiny, mm-hmm. melty butter steak. It's phenomenal. Yeah, uh, butter resting a steak is is insane. And that's like everyone's go-to thing. That's like a fantastic thing. If you're just having a steak dinner, you're serving sirloin, something cheap, add some pats of butter to it, takes it to the next level. But you don't only have to do that with it. My wife made a, uh, a grilled cheese yesterday and used my compound butter to cook the grilled cheese in. Like, you know, like, why not? If you have it, like, use it. Yeah. yeah. We've actually used it... Um, to melt and uh, dip our crab meat and lobster meat in. And, oh yeah, it, that'd be good. It's so good. I think we did it re- recently with some lobster tails. Yeah. So if we're doing a like, if, if listeners are listening, they're cooking a big cut of, of of beef and they want like a tomahawk or a, you know or a fillet or something like that, something really good that they want to um, you know impress, and they're going to make themselves a compound butter. Would you suggest them? cutting back on their normal seasoning amount? Um, Would you suggest them doing salt and pepper only and then finishing with the compound butter? Like where- I think you could do Magnum. Well, I don't know, but I mean, so if I'm used to seasoning a steak with this much, this amount of, this certain amount of seasoning, that's how I get my crust. Yeah, I would cut it back. Um, You know, but I put- I would not. When I put the compound butter on there, what's, is it going to, is it going to make it? Is it going to change things and make it too salty? Whatever. I think I'm saying that because of our last bout with it. All right, which I, don't know. I think I think you're dragging this question out. You asked it like six times, Joel. Good grief. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're not answering the damn thing. Just kidding. Because you keep talking, dude. Um, I would not cut my seasoning back, but I wouldn't use a compound butter with the same seasoning on it. So like that's why I love mats with the fully loaded in it because uh-huh. I put that on a Magnum steak. Oh. So now it's like a fully Magnum steak. Yep. I wouldn't use a Magnum compound butter on a Magnum steak. When exactly. I made those oysters, there was no Magnum on those. So I was putting that into it. So I wouldn't cut back. This is to add more to it, in my opinion. Yeah. And your, your butter is almost acting as a sauce kind of in a weird way. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not like you're putting a one in your compound butter, although that might be an interesting experiment, but, Mm. uh, that whenever I did it the first time it was on a huge cut of meat, it was that big, uh, tomahawk ribeye. So in that case, I did uh, I did a reverse sear on it with fully loaded on the outside and seared it hard. It was almost like both had like it was covered in fully loaded and then there was fully loaded in the compound butter. But the execution of those two items was so different. It was almost like two different seasonings. Well, uh-huh. it, yeah, it was also a giant cut of meat as well. Yes, nice, so rich, it could handle all that flavor. Rich beef. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if that had been uh, a three quarter inch or one inch thick, you know ribeye steak 
you maybe a little bit different. overpowered yeah. there. So I right. know where yeah. I faulted with that last. So, cause I've made the fully loaded compound butter a million times and it's awesome. But this last time, like I said, when I made that Magnum butter is a little too salty and I know what I did wrong. What'd you do? After listening oh. to Jeremy making his, you used a dash of Worcestershire. I used yeah. a tablespoon. Oh yeah. That, that's a lot. It's, that is it's, a strong, it's salty. That's a strong yeah. flavor through that, you know, small of a log of butter. And I think that's what contributed to it. Now it was just, it was rich. It was delicious, but mm-hmm. it was kind of like, and that's what I was saying when yeah. the Worcestershire was really coming through hard. Yeah. So that's it. what it is. Yeah. Like a dash. That's all, all it needs. So like just and to I reiterate, th- go ahead. Oh, I was going to say to like the seasoning aspect of it though, like, you know, you're not going to put a one inch knob of compound butter on like a quarter inch thick steak. You know, you have to do it appropriately sized. If you've mm-hmm. got a big old tomahawk, add a bunch of butter to it. Uh, when I was down in Florida, we got some, uh, some really, really thin ribeyes and cooked them up on like the flat top with some eggs and stuff, like a steak and eggs yeah. and just put like a nice, a nice, you know, quarter layer. inch thick, uh, like pat of compound butter on, on each one of the steaks. And, uh, they were fantastic. Um, but you don't, you don't want to drown it in any one thing, you know? Yeah. So just to reiterate, just get an eight ounce block of Kerrygold unsalted butter, mm-hmm. add a handful of the chopped parsley. Um, go ahead and, and we'll talk about this, this here in a second, but roast, um, a bulb of garlic and you'll squeeze that in there. It kind of comes out like a little paste. Um, mm-hmm. add about a tablespoon ish. I did two tablespoons Jeremy did of two. fully loaded. Um, yeah. I did one, one per stick. So that was kind of my thing. Yeah. So whatever you think one to two, one and a half two, whatever, um, of Magnum or fully loaded. And then, uh, a dash is the key of Worcestershire mm-hmm. sauce. And it does add like a bold, a bold richness to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you're just going to mix all of that together, form it into a log, wrap it up in some plastic wrap and refrigerate it. And it's as easy as that. It's so good. You can keep it in your fridge for a um, week or two and, you know, put it on grilled cheese. Like Jeremy said, put it on some warm, crusty bread. Yeah. Like go ahead and make like the double stick version of it. Cause like, you're going to use it. You're going to find ways around your kitchen. It, it's good for up to two weeks in your fridge and like you'll find things just toss it in oh i'm warming this up you know like just make it and have it on hand and it will make your cooking significantly better over those next two weeks yeah you could cook a pork chop in it you could cook some fried potatoes in it you know cube up a potato mm-hmm. dice it up and cook that in a, in a cast iron skillet with that butter i mean that would be amazing well making compound yeah. butter in general is just fun i mean to, to create it's homemade it's homemade but you can you can create all these different you know variations of something um and it's just fun to do um and you can keep several of them on hand or whatnot but let's go ahead and take a break and then when we get back i want to talk flavored butters um i want to talk about doing things that aren't so i know we got the compound butter with different flavors we but still need to talk a little bit more yeah i want to talk about like maybe like some not so so much so much savory Blend. Let's get into some other kinds of flavored butter. So, going to break. Shut up, Jeremy. See you on the other side. We're going to talk more compound butters. Um, something that I have always made that seems to get a lot of traction um, is gorgonzola butter. And it sounds really difficult, but we use some whipped butter and kind of melt it down just a little bit, kind of set out some gorgonzola crumbles. You can get a block if you want to, and it's a lot more moist 
rather than getting the crumbles. But kind of the, the crumbles. This, was the, this was like the first rest but like actual like flavored butter we had made together. Yeah. And so just mash all of that together. Um, sometimes I have to add more butter. Sometimes I have to add more gorgonzola crumbles until it gets really tacky. And then that's what we use on finished steak. And it's, I mean, if you like gorgonzola or blue cheese, it's so good. It really elevates your steak. We used the butterfly venison backstrap fillets and we would, oh, we, we you know, butterfly and then put that all inside that crevice. And um, it would, it would, mm, it was really good. Is this what you, you made us venison pinwheels one time. And I think that it, it either had this or it was just stuffed with maybe gorgonzola. It was, it was, it was stuffed, stuffed with gorgonzola stuffed. crumbles. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, stuffed mm-hmm. with it. But. So this, I kind of just mash, you mash the crumbles into the softened butter until it makes like a tacky paste. I, I just do it in a small bowl and then I just kind of scoop it out to top on a finished steak. Or if I slice it up, I just kind of put it all over my pieces and it's so good. Like it's that easy. And then if you want to go as far as making it more thin, then you can make it on the stovetop. Same thing with the butter and the gorgonzola crumbles and then um, some heavy whipping cream. Um, you can add some uh, cracked black pepper to it. It doesn't need the salt because gorgonzola is kind of a salty cheese as well as the butter. So just the butter, the heavy whipping cream, the gorgonzola and some cracked black pepper and heat it up until it becomes a sauce and then drizzle it over your steaks. And it's amazing. Well, I want to take a little, you know, side road here and, um, and talk about, we've talked a lot about steaks, like how to put butter on steaks and that kind of stuff. But we touched in the, in the last segment about, using butter on like a like, cinnamon butter. Yeah. So like Texas Roadhouse makes a whipped cinnamon butter. And when I was a kid, dude, I, I thought that was the, the best thing, you know, since sliced bread. Cause you put it on bread, get it? Ha. But, <laughs> but no, um, I want to talk, let's talk about more applications like that. I've never made like a sweet butter. Like what would, what would that look like if you made like a strawberry you know, compound butter and put or that on toaster biscuits butter. or something like that. Isn't the one at Texas Roadhouse? Isn't that like a cinnamon honey butter? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. But it's whipped. It's not like in a log form or, you know, cutting well, well, when you make it, you have to whip it around and it's your choice to either put it back into a log or you could put it in a little dish and kind of scoop it out. Whenever I'm making my, um, my maple cinnamon butter for like pancakes and stuff, I whip it and then just leave it in a little dish and then we just spread it on. We kind of leave it at room temperature. We don't put it back in the fridge to harden back up. You know, we just use it right then. Yes. So yep. tell us how you make that. Cause that sounds amazing. So I put cinnamon and maple and butter and I whip it. Mm-hmm. So you just kind of eyeball it. Do you yeah. Aunt Jemima? You, yeah. Measure that show with your heart. So no, you're using uh, the maple as the sugar element. Watson's barrel aged syrup. <laughs> <laughs> so no added brown sugar or anything because the maple syrup is enough. No. And I mean like, uh, with a, uh, with a sweet butter like that, you can kind of taste it cause it's really good on its own. And so you can kind of taste it. Oh, I need a little more of this, a little more of that. Um, and, and I try to just sweeten it with the, uh, with the, um, maple syrup. Nice. Matt, you have any butters that you make? Uh, so when I was doing some work back for Mike's Hot Honey, one of the thing they one of the things they asked me to shoot for them was uh, Mike's Hot Honey butter on cornbread, which was really really yeah. good. It wasn't something I'd ever even really considered before then, but to, instead of blending it together, all I did was uh, take a pat of like room temp butter and put it on the hot cornbread and let it start to melt, and then I just drizzled the, the honey over top of it. Super good, really delicious. So you didn't actually mix it together, which you you could do. I, you could do, yeah. 
Let's take it. Let's take you it. could you could do butter and honey and add some like packing heat to it. Well, that may, I've gotten. I mean, what about a sriracha butter? Oh, oh yeah, you know, or Tabasco mm-hmm. butter, like you know, a little spicy element to that jazz. Especially yeah, if you put some tag. sweet in it too, and you're bringing the sweet heat in the butter. Yo, Matt. Yeah, Matt. Biscuit, country ham, with like a Tabasco butter on there. Oh, oh that'd yeah. be phenomenal, oh, yeah. like a vinegary aspect. Now, have you guys ever made apple butter? Uh, it's never, no, I've never made it, but I love eating it. Usually no from the Apple Barn in Sevierville. <laughs> there's no butter in it. <laughs> what? Yeah. It's like basically applesauce reduced down, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I didn't think there was actual butter. Yeah, in it. I was just <laughs> Wait a, a joke. Second. It's, it's a spread. So it's called apple butter and actually we're using it in a recipe That's tomorrow. That's false advertising. It is. It's apple butter, but it is, it's basically cooked down apples with sugar and, and other spices, nutmeg, cinnamon, stuff like that. And it's cooked down into like a smooth... I'm kind of, I'm kind of buttery mad. paste. I'm kind of mad Speaking about, about good on biscuits, I love apple butter on a fresh uh-huh. biscuit. Yeah, so I just wanted to bring that up. But um, have you have you guys ever put avocado in a in a butter before? No. no. I've seen a recipe. This is a while back. It was for an avocado butter that you finished fish with. Was the idea really? Uh, avocado is kind of just like vegetable butter. Like it's like a vegetable made yeah. from butter. I don't. It doesn't mm-hmm. seem like it would really flavor it much. It would just kind of. Creamy, it changed made it the green texture. And yeah. Interesting. Yeah, creamy. Yeah. It, it, it was like a uh, avocado lime something. So it's a superfood. Like now, food, humor food, me food, on food. this. Okay. Butter, chopped cilantro, some packing heat, and fresh lime juice, and finish it on some uh, grilled shrimp. What about like on some grilled skirt steak that you then put in a taco? Yeah. Does that now sound amazing? Like a chili lime? I think we're just saying words and putting butter after them and it all sounds good. <laughs> think of the butter as the carrier. So, yeah, all right. The butter's just the vessel. Let's move on. Um, I know a lot of us cook with butter. That's really um, good. Like, you know, you can cook with olive oil, you can cook with olive oil and butter, butter baths. Uh, let's elaborate on some of that. Uh, if you're going to be using butter to cook with as like your oil, you're going to want to use clarified butter, Yeet. which is butter with all of the milk fat taken out of it. All of the buttermilk removed. It's 99% and it has a much higher smoke point. Cause if you just throw regular butter into a very hot pan, it's just going to burn up on you. And all the, the those milk solids are going to turn black and going to get kind of a bitter taste to them. Yep. When we roast a Turkey, I rub it down with ghee, which is just the, mm-hmm. the shelf name clarified for clarified butter. butter right. And uh, mm-hmm. that keeps it, the nice thing, uh, it, you don't have to like separate the drippings because there's no water in it. So you can huh. just make gravy straight with the fat that's left in the, the bottom of the roaster pan. Mm-hmm. Now, is that and so- you can make your, you can make your own clarified butter at home. You just heat up however much butter you want in a pan uh, over over low heat till it turns liquidy, and then you just um, with like a slotted spoon scrape off the uh, the milk fat particles on the top until it's completely clear, and uh, there's your clarified butter. Oh, yep. okay. Now, is that something that you guys always keep in at home? Yeah, we do. You do. I to cook with. I don't. Yeah. So we cook with that, regular butter, but we usually like if it starts to smoke, you know, we, we'll add a little bit of olive oil to it. So the well, other thing you're not supposed to cook with olive oil either. Well, well, we do debatable. Ghee is good for <laughs> a very long time. Like if you pick it up from the store, the expiration on it's usually like a year out. So we buy it and just keep it because then it's handy to have if we ever need it. Buy it every Thanksgiving. So yeah, basically. Up. And then whatever's left after Thanksgiving, we just use throughout the year. So, nice. so that's taking that's taking butter that's had all the fat stripped. Is that what you're getting at saying? 
Yeah, all the buttermilk, all the uh, all the all, all the milk fats are stripped out of it, and so you're just left with uh, like like ninety nine percent of the butter fat. That's, that's all that's left. So is that when you guys are doing butter baths on your steak? Is that what you're using? No, nah, because you should gold. never be putting butter into a very hot pan. Uh, the idea when you're doing a butter bath steak is uh, is you have an extremely hot pan. Um, I like to use avocado oil because it has one of the highest smoke points of any oils. So a little bit of avocado oil in the pan so it doesn't stick. You do a one minute sear on each side of the steak and then yep. you drop the heat down drastically like from 10 to three. And then you add your butter into the pan so it can melt. So the butter is not in the pan when it's super hot because that's just going to burn it. And then you're basting the butter flipping every minute, basting, flipping, basting, flipping until that steak gets up to temperature. The butter's cooling down that pan. And so it's kind of like a, a sear and then cook all the way through. Yeah. I accidentally one time had my skillet ripping hot over charcoal on the Primo and did a butter toss into it. Uh, and it was like, yeah, instant burned butter. Like you hit the, the smoke point of the butter pretty quick. So don't do yeah. that. Yeah. Butter has a, I don't know what the smoke point is of butter. I know like avocado oil is like 460 degrees. Um, extra virgin olive oil is like 320 or something. And butter is like even below that. Well, so now going with that though, how many times do you, when you all do butter baths, do you use er, fresh herbs like thyme, rosemary, things like that? Garlic. Pretty often. It, if I have it in the fridge, it's going in the pan. Yeah, same. Do you lay it on top of the steak and then baste over the top of the of the herbs, or, you or just lay in the butter, or throw the herbs in the butter? I like to put like the herbs and garlic on top of the steak and then dr- like put the butter over all of that, so it kind of just goes into the steak and that kind of opens then, up like, the herbs, kind of shocks the herbs. Yeah, and just like if you have like a compound butter that you put on the steak afterwards to rest it, when I take that steak off the heat to rest it for ten minutes, I pour everything in that pan on top of the steak and it just sets in it. And then um, it's like a little sauce you can kind of dip the steak in as you're eating it. That's what I, I like to slice the steak. You know, mm-hmm. I, once I get it, get it out, slice it up, and then get to have that butter getting rip roaring hot, and pouring that really hot butter over the sliced steak. I feel like it gives it kind of a good like a good texture to it. You think like heating the butter up again mm-hmm. gives you something mm-hmm. extra to it? Well, yeah, it's like um, I got tea. the idea from Salt Bay, <laughs> where I got it from. You know? Oh yeah, he he does that one. Well, he does that one where um, he'll sear a steak hard on the outside. It's completely raw in the center. Mm-hmm. Then he slices it, lays it out on like a really hot plate, a plate that's like been in like a four hundred degree oven, so it's hot on the bottom, and then has like boiling hot butter and pours it over it to actually cook the meat. So that's why he's actually doing that. Is it, that's that's the cooking process. It's, it's like a butter like frying it. Yeah, sort of. Except butter can't get that hot, and yeah. so it's kind of just grayish. But you have you do have a rim on the outside where it's actually been seared for real. Th- that's what he's doing. Th- that's why he's heating the butter up like that. It's, it's got to be some record for the amount of times we've said rim in one episode. Rim just job. Rim. <laughs> yeah. Butterhole. Uh, butter oh, episode name. Rim job. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking churn, baby churn. Uh, <laughs> churn I was thinking mo butter, mo better. Have you guys ever tried making butter before? No. No. I've no. never tried that. No. So Have you ever you even looked it? into the process? No. Yes, me. I want to do it. Um, just haven't. I want to do it. it too. So you can do it in a stand mixer. You don't actually have yep. to have like a churn where you're. You can like do it in a food processor. I gotta do this right here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm good at that. To. I'm good. Yeah. So yeah. there's. Mm-hmm. That's why you had uh, no surgery. Oh, you can get like heavy cream and just put it into a food processor and just let it run, run, run until you have butter. Yep. I, it back yellow? in the before times when I had all the time in the world before kids and didn't realize I had all the time in the world, something I was planning to do, uh, you can make 
cultured butter at home, Bon Appetit has a great video on YouTube about it. Brad Leone walks you through the process. Uh, and you can do it with like heavy cream and then this substance called kefir, which is just a... Uh, some sort of a cultured drink that has those like live cultures in it you need to make the butter. And then you just uh, mix it up in the food processor and then age it in the refrigerator for a couple of days. And supposedly it's pretty good. I would really like to try it sometime. It sounds fun. Yeah. be interesting. And then we can start butter club. Bread and butter club. What? Oh, yeah. <laughs> B&B. <laughs> That's real. Busy. We're going to get a, a friend request from BTR plus. <laughs> BRD after this. <laughs> I better go up on that. I'm going to go buy the domain yeah. before anybody else. Yeah. Butter and bread. <laughs> yeah. Matt owns all of, all of Reload's domains. Yeah, and barbecue athlete. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right, let's you go to go break. Podcast.barbecueathlete.com uh, to listen to this, this podcast anytime, yeah. anywhere. Yeah. But I would love for us when we can get together to do like a butter 102 where we each make our own compound butter. Plus we have some homemade butter and like really like explore all those options and stuff. That'd be a lot yeah. of fun. I love it. I love it. Well, let's go to break. I mean, on the other side, we're going to come right back with Jeremy's rapid fire and yours truly's reload recommends. We'll see you on the other side. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We are going to jump right into rapid fire question. Today we're going to go Matt, Joel, Stacy. Best for first. Right. First question: Which is better, Alfredo's Pizza Cafe or Pizza by Alfredo? Matt. Uh, pizza by Alfredo. Joel. Because I respect Matt Farr, I'm going to agree with him because I have no idea what you're talking about. Stacey. I've never heard of that. It's the office. This is the office reference. I just yeah, don't remember how it reference. Stacy lets you all down every time. I let you down. <laughs> it's been so long since I've watched it. You need to watch them every so, day so that you can pick up on his damn office shit. Are you rewatching them, Jeremy? N- no. Now they're on the Peacock Network, uh, the NBC Network, and they literally have like their tiers by how much office you get. Like tier one is this much, tier two. It's just the office they have on there. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous. Jeez. Wow. Um, but the answer to the question is Alfredo's Pizza Cafe. So you guys are wrong. I was going to say, I don't even remember Pizza what Alfredo said. is absolute trash. <laughs> so everybody missed that one. Okay, sorry. Next one. How many staves are in a bourbon barrel? Matt. Oh, 42. Joel. Ah, uh, 28. Stacy. 54. Is this Price is Right rules? Price is Right rules. Joel wins. It is 31 to 33. <laughs> We were all over it, though. <laughs> How much was it? All right, guys. Oh, I, was, I was victory. Thir- 31 to 33. Oh, I was under. Yeah. Price is right rules. Close to that going over. Dun, 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 dun. All right, guys. You seem to like the uh, name that movie one last week, so I have another. <clears throat> name that yeah. movie. An orphan farm boy kisses his sister while deadbeat dad tries to get him to join the family business. Matt. I know the answer. Should I say it? Hang on, hang on. Joel. Orphan Farm Boy. No, because Matt would be the one who knows this. Uh, Joel. (laughs) Orphan Farm Boy. This is his sister. While Deadbeat Dad tries to get him to join the family business. It's so good, Jeremy. It's so good. This is uh, uh, Star Wars. Yeah, I'm so yep, proud yeah, of you, Joel. I'm so proud. <laughs> oh, man. 
next, on the same Disney theme there, did Disney create the obviously fake round world theory to sell more tickets to Star Wars? Matt. No, they created it for other reasons. Okay. Joel. Oh, 100%. Yeah. They had to make yeah. the set, so... <laughs> I know. You can't have that on a flat world. I mean, <laughs> got to make up a new theory. Stacy. I still don't know what any of this means. Well, she's enjoying that drink, folks. <laughs> Next one. <laughs> True or false question. A Peloton is just a coat rack with a monthly membership. <laughs> Matt. True. Joel. True. You don't even know. Stacy. We haven't even gotten it Stacey? yet. Stacy. No, Stacey? I'm going to ride the hell out of that thing. There's going to be smoke coming off those tires. I got to say, I'm super jealous because I keep seeing Will from Hooked on Barbecue post about his and like his barbecue group. And there's like a bunch of people in like motivating each other to like get fit. And I'm like, yep, I wish I had. I don't have nowhere for one, but I'm about to make somewhere for one because I want you one should. so bad. We are in a group. Grill Mama's in it and Smoke and Tie, Hooked a- on Barbecue. Yeah, well, you guys are already yeah. in it, even though you don't have one yet. Yeah, because we've yeah. got one on the way. Yeah. Do, you, do you know who we are? Hey, listen, Amber. Amber <laughs> Matt, just join the group. Yeah. Amber, I'm just going to join Amber the group. from Pit Barrel. Amber from Pit Barrel's in there. We're, hey, we're a grilling group. We just offered a discount code, and they were like, come on in. <laughs> no, they just, hey, we invited I'm gonna give them a discount. To, I'm going to give them a discount to reload. It's code white. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> barbecue. No, I have got yeah. to say, this group, you know, Cooking with Swiss is in there, Hooked on Barbecue, um, and some of the, the Joe from our um, from Dram January from Dram January he's in there and everybody is so motivating they'll say hey I'm about to hop on the bike in 30 minutes or I'm going to get on tonight at 7 o'clock and people say oh okay and it's just accountability and credibility and you know you're competing against your friends and it's hey I'm going to hop on at a certain time and you know I think Will said he used it like twice in like a month and a half or something like that and then he's ridden it the past 15 days just being in this group because it's so um well, it's you nice. know it's so motivating. All right, it's, it's nice having some accountability, but yeah, and someone's calling you out like, "Hey guys, have you ridden lately?" Maybe hey, that'll hey, save it from being an expensive coat rack. Uh, hey guys, have go. you had bourbon in the last five nights? Yes. Yeah. How's that accountability working for you? <laughs> it's, it's true. Listen, yeah, we yeah. have other excuses we won't talk about. I, I've had bourbon. Yes, I've had it. Talking about bourbon, excuses, let's get delicious. to the next question. I'm gonna do like okay, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> You've already had your rabbit hole, Joel. Who's the horrible story. rabbit hole, Joel? <laughs> and then, all right, guys. If a coconut has hair and produces milk, why is it not considered a mammal? Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the answer. So there is no good reason. Joel. It has hair, produces milk, and it's also uh, has nuts. It does. It is a nut. Stacy. I don't know, but that's amazing. (laughs) That's so good. Um, One of the common responses to this was that it grows on a tree, and uh, the same could also be said of squirrels. Mm. So, validate. There you go. Uh, Mm. All right, guys. Explain what this statement means to you personally. Taters gonna tate. (laughs) Nah. It means nothing to me. Nothing at all. Okay. Joel? It means everything to me. Yeah? It means the taters your answer is significantly better than the guy who has a bottle of Blanton's gold sitting behind him in his screen right now (laughs) Stacy it means a lot to me so in our bourbon community Tater's gonna Tate right now Matt with his minor flex in the background with his Blanton's gold he is Tating he's a Tater so Taters in the bourbon community are the ones that are out there 
wanting to go and get their Blantons and out there running to get their Wellers. And um, so, yeah, in the bourbon community, if you're out there just with your flexes, you are a tater. What the hell? That makes okay. It is. Am I right, Jeremy? Oh, I thought it was about French fries. Anyways, next question. <laughs> Why do meteors always land in craters? Matt. Meteors create craters. But they always land in mm-hmm. them. Like, why? Mm-hmm. Conspiracy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Joel? It's so they can have a softer landing. A, a nice divot to rest their little heads in. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Yeah, what, Joel's, Stacey? what Joel said. Oh, cool. Cool. I'm really glad you're here for this segment. <laughs> you're glad. just, you're killing it. Enjoy my drink. <laughs> I know. <laughs> We're all listening to it. Anyways, guys, last question of the evening. Are Reload Rubs the greatest seasonings of all time? Yes, of course. Joel. Do taters tate. Stacy. Is pickled okra the best garnish for a Bloody Mary? You would know. You've had seven. <gasps> and that brings us to the end of this segment, guys. Going to throw it over to Joel for his segment. That's right, guys. It's that time. We're getting out of the end of the podcast. This is the last segment of the podcast. I'm going to say podcast several times. But when we talk about reload recommends, or we say things to you we think are awesome and badass. So with that being said, let's roll straight into reload recommendations, recommendations from reload. Yeah. So, guys, let's do this. I want to start with Mr. Matt Farr. Going to Stacy, then what was it? Jeremy Cook, Jeremy. <laughs> I was like resident cook. Yeah, Cook Jeremy, and then we'll we'll end we'll end things up with yours truly. So Matt, what's your uh, recommendation this week, sir? All right. So this week for Matt's music, I have American indie rock band Susto. So we're taking a little detour from the red dirt folk bluegrass tunes uh, for something a little more upbeat. So hailing from Charleston, South Carolina and released as part of their 2019 album, quote, ever since I lost my mind. This is a song called Homeboy. So this song reminds me of warmer months and the beach and just in general the before times when we could actually like go do things and have fun and be around people and it's been uh, kind of a nice callback to that for me so looking forward to getting back to that hopefully sooner than later. Yeah for sure that song that band reminds me a lot of Weezer got a good Weezer vibe to it. Oh yeah now that you say that I could definitely hear that good call. A little Buddy Holly action. Yeah there. yeah. <laughs> Alright Stace what you got girl? All right, so my real recommendations for this week is a present that you actually got me, sir, for Christmas. Oh. It is called a Turtle Box. Oh, yeah. And uh, it's called Turtle Box Audio. It is an outdoor... Well, I guess you could say it was outdoor. It is... It survives the elements. So it is a portable speaker um, that you can pair with your phone via Bluetooth. Um, What's awesome about it is it's super rugged. It looks badass. Um, it's waterproof, it's rugged, it's portable, it's dustproof. Um, if you get two of them, you can pair them both by Bluetooth so you can have them in different areas. Awesome thing about it is it's super loud. Like you can just crank this mother. Um, I got it for Christmas. I've been using it all the time and I have yet to actually charge it. So you get like 50 plus hours of charge on it. 
Um, at max level loudness, you get like six hours. Um, you can also charge your phone off of it, so it kind of works as a power pack. Um, you can use it at the lake, on your boat, out when you're camping, around the smoke. Um, it's just super uh, also, rugged. Also, if you got if you have, if you buy two of them, you can sync them together. Yeah, so I could have one like outside and one inside playing the same song. It's a big fat. Know? Six by nine premium six by nine speaker inside this, you know. Yeah. So it's box. got like tie down anchors. You can tie it down to like an ATV. You can Kayak. go fishing with it. Um, it's marine grade speaker. It's like I said, it's got a really large bass element to it with a tweeter. So it's got excellent sound. It gets super loud. Um, you just kind of grab it. Just it's just rugged. It can survive the elements and yeah. it sounds super apocalypse, cool. You want to beat a zombie's head in with it? You can do that. While I'm obsessed. Offspring. Yeah. So it's like part of your bug out bag. So it's like. <laughs> <laughs> this like badass rugged speaker and I'm playing it in the kitchen to like some instrumental cover songs like I talked about last episode. I was going to say it's perfect for listening to Reload Recommends on but I mean whatever. On Spotify. Yeah so um, what's cool about it I'm so glad that you bought me one Joel. They're all sold out on their website right now. They are you, right now if you go to turtleboxaudio.com um, you can uh, sign up for pre-order and the pre-order is for February. Damn. So um, right now, I think they're they're really uh, blowing up, and for good for good reasons. We absolutely love ours, and thank you, Joel, for getting me that for Christmas. You're welcome, Sugar Pants. I'm glad I got ahead of the curve. Jeremy, what you got, bro? Guys, I have a Matt's music this what? week. Super this excited is the for this! Third song ever. Uh, Third song ever. Um, I was talking with uh, someone you guys might know. Um, his username on Instagram is Derek Chasing Teeth, uh, a listener of the show. We talk pretty regularly. Him and I got talking music the other day, and he brought up the song, and I was like, that is just incredible. So I am going to play it for you guys. It is That One Night by Todd Fancy. You took me by the guys um that song is just fantastic uh stacy i think you've heard that song before i have right? heard that song before on an episode of the office <laughs> <laughs> yes uh, this is on this is on youtube only uh you can search it it is the office that one night and this is the song that jan's assistant made about having sex with Jan pretty much <laughs> that one night she made everything all right I was love just, that song I'm on Spotify trying to find it to add to our playlist and I'm like what is this it's nowhere to be found that explains why <laughs> it's not on Spotify this that will not be on Max Music uh, yeah um, whenever I have an office reference Derek always t- messages me and he, and he catches it every week and so me and him were talking the office and that's how this came up you can find the entire full length song on YouTube now and it is absolutely fantastic Fantastic. So that is my recommendation. God. That's God. A great song. I'm like, this song does not match your persona at all. <laughs> and like immediately Stacey's hand went up. She's like, I got it. <laughs> Singing along, yeah. top of my head. Good God. Uh, all right. Well, time for my recommendation. And I'm going to go ahead and throw out a nerd alert. Um, sirens going off right here because I, guys, am uh, I'm playing an online game now 
Um, so, you know, you know, we all know Stacy loves Fortnite. My mom, so my brother has been poking the bear at me because he knows I, I like to prep and he knows I like to, I'm into the survival and things like that. And he's been trying to get me to come on and, um, play this online game with him. And it's a game called day and then the letter Z. And it has, it, there, it has to do with a post-apocalyptic Russia and there are some zombies and stuff in there, but they're pretty sparse. It's more of it's it's one of the most realistic games I've ever played in my entire life. So when you 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 zone you spawn into this game and you, all you have is um you know a knife and that's it. Man, like a couple of plums or something. And you're on a beach, you wake up there and you have to go basically go through and, and find things and apply them to yourself and use them and all that jazz. And you can hunt, you can fish if you find the things to do it with. So like you can get cut and if you don't have a bandage, your ass bleeding out. Oh, slowly. And if you do bandage it, it does like your, your, your screen will start turning gray. And if you do bandage it, you're still not fixed. You know, it takes, you have to crush some water and eat some food. And if you don't do that, like I got cut. It's like so realistic. I got cut and I didn't realize what was happening. And then I freaking passed out. And then I'm like, oh, okay, I'm dead. No, no, no. You lay there and you come back to you come back to your screen goes from black to blurry in your back and you're still laying there bleeding out. And you just do that for probably 20 minutes until you die <laughs> or quit or quit the damn game. Sounds awesome. It's it's <laughs> I'm strangely addicted to it. Um, I recommend it if you have ample, ample time and no children. Yeah. Um, play this game because um, you can spend four to six hours on it easy. Just passing and out Joel and waking has children up. And he's playing. Do, do what, Matt? You're spending four to six hours just passing out and waking up over and over again, right? I've been up to one in the morning two nights in a row. Wow. Not going to lie. Which is, which is not, you know, that's past my bedtime, <laughs> but it's, uh, me and my brother and a couple of his buddies, we've been gathering supplies and like bunkering them up and hiding guns in, in places so that we can have a, big... and now you guys know why we're not posting on Dram January. I have to find nails so we can build a wall. All right. So I have other Hashtag stuff going Trump. on. I haven't been, I've been drinking bourbon. Sorry. Super busy, guys. <laughs> been busy, like bandaging up and curing my hangover on this video game, man. <laughs> uh, y'all can go. Cause... Hey, it's time for the French word of the day. And what more appropriate word today than butter? Which the French word is beurre. Butter. And uh, you'll see it commonly used in sauces: beurre blanc, which is a white wine and butter sauce; beurre rouge, a red wine and butter sauce. Very, very common in French cooking, as is butter. Burr. I thought it was pronounced beurre. I've always pronounced beurre. it beurre. Sir, beurre blanc. <laughs> it's it's B E U R R E. I have a question. Beurre blanc. You know, I've heard you say that before, like a beurre blanc sauce. Uh, what type mm-hmm. of application would you use that for? That pasta? Um, it, anything you? No, not pasta. Um, the, you're not going to find a lot of pasta in French cooking. Oh, um, okay. Uh, uh, fish, steak, whatever you want. Uh, you know, put it over a steak. Um, let's see. Uh, what I put over last? Uh, like some salmon or something. Uh, goes great on asparagus. Anything, anything you would pair white wine with. And then if you wanted something heavier, um, I've done like a fillet with truffles and a barouge sauce. So, so red wine because red wine and steak go together. Red wine and so butter. Good. 
My, my pinky is just creeping yeah. out as so I'm listening to it is, uh, <laughs> it is, the sauce is basically uh, red wine and um, red wine vinegar reduced down and then you um, you slowly add cold butter in and whip it and bring it all together to <gasps> consistency. That sounds so good, but no so pasta? is it burr or burr? Burr. I don't think it's bruh. <laughs> Not bruh. Um, <laughs> I'll say the only I've, reason I've, I thought it was pronounced bleh. bleh. <laughs> Your face when you say that. <laughs> that video I was talking about, Brad Leone from Bon Appetit, where he's making butter. He's like, my favorite thing is the way that the French pronounce butter, and it's bleh. bleh. Hold on. I, I have an audio thing here. Let's see. Hold on. So he may be wrong. What is it? There. Yeah, it's bleh. bleh. No, it's not, bur, it's not burr. Bleh. 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 Let's all say it together. Get that B in Let's there. all say bleh. it together. Three, two, one. Bleh. 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 It was the bleh in the basket. Ooh, it's got a basket full of shit. Oh, bleh. <laughs> no, um, yeah. n- not much pasta with French cooking. <laughs> sounds like a Jersey guy saying beer. <laughs> I need to give me some beer. <laughs> Yeah, spit the beer out of my face. All right, guys. Um, Well, that's a good clip. What? Uh, Are you surprised that there's no pasta in French cooking? Who wants to know if there's there's any pasta in it? Yeah, why you got no beurre blanc in my my, my pasta? Yeah, you know, a a lot of pasta, a lot of pizza, things the French are known for. Well, they need to to sack up and... My favorite Bloody Mary. My favorite French restaurant is this little joint called Fazoli's. You guys ever tried that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's some, great, yeah. That's some, great some good bread. French food. Good Fine French, French cuisine. <laughs> <laughs> they got lots of buh. Kiss my ass. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, are, we, are we done? Yeah, we got it. Let's end this. Buh. That's what she said. Pick a fork in yeah. it. Buh. All right. All right, guys. Well, that's the end of the damn show. Hope you enjoyed our talk, all of our talk about bleh and uh, all of our catch up and all that jazz. We love you guys. We thank you all so much for listening. If you're, if you're listening to this, hit that subscribe button. Do it. Do it right now. That way you can listen to that reload podcast anytime, anywhere. That being said, Stacy, shut the hell up. <laughs> I ain't doing nothing. Yeah, right. All right, guys. We love you and we'll see you on the next show. See you next Tuesday. This podcast is brought to you by Reload Rub and Seasoning. Head to ReloadRub.com to pick up the full arsenal of our delicious blends, perfect for amping up your next meal. No MSG, clean ingredients, and a portion of every sale is donated to Hungry Heroes, serving those who serve others. So head over to ReloadRub.com and order yours today. Okay. It's so nice. They're going to think that was so me. Nice. It was. Stacy, why would you do that? Hey. That's so gross. <laughs> it's gross as shit. Hey, I didn't do it. <laughs> what kind of rim job is this? Because it's delicious. It's double action. Okay. It has a spiciness to it. <laughs> what kind of rim job is this? But it's, but it's spicy. You're asking for it with that. <laughs> yeah. But it's spicy. He made me this Bloody Mary and he did double action on the rim. And it's so good with the pickled okra. Yeah. yeah, I need more ice. Please. If we, if we stop for restroom. too long, though, I'll, I'll have to poop. <laughs> It'll be quick. Hey, I'll make you guys <laughs> add some salt. There is, rim. there is something to this double action rim. <laughs> it's all I can have.
You could put your electrolyte powder around the outside edge of it. Uh, it, It's so gross. It's not good at all. It tastes so bad. Pedialyte rim job. (laughs) It's it's better than the 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 plosives. Okay. Oh, oh, and while we're while we're on the break, wait, stop it, stop yourself. While we're on, I think we have a new intro song. Yeah. (laughs)